Welcome back to the Heartland Pod. This is Let's Have a Chat. Frequent podcast listeners know that we like to talk to as many of the Democrats that are brave enough to run for statewide office in Missouri in 2022. And, um, it is an off election cycle, and we do this every four years. We have the opportunity to elect a state auditor. So I have the pleasure of talking to Dr. Alan Green today, who is running as the Democrat to replace Nicole Galloway as our state as our state auditor. Dr. Green, welcome to the Heartland Pod. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Uh, I look to having a lot of fun and a lot of good discussion. Excellent. Um, so why don't we start by uh, you just telling the listeners a little bit about you and a little bit about the campaign. Let's have a chat. All righty. Well, first of all, I am uh, Dr. Alan Green and I am running for state auditor. I am actually the Democratic nominee, as you just stated right there. It's, it's such an honor to be the nominee. Uh, I've had a chance now to go through this primary and across the state and now going into this general election. And I've probably been across the state maybe three times now. I've been all over, and I'm proud to say that. I've been in the crevices of the state of Missouri, uh, but also been in Springfield, Columbia, Kansas City, St. Louis. And, you know, when you look at the areas, you a lot of people think of the bigger areas like the Columbia area, the Springfield, you know, Kansas City, St. Louis area. But there's a lot of beautiful area in our state. And a lot of the individuals, as I talk to them, all they keep I keep hearing that same thing that they felt forgotten, forgotten. And so to get out there to talk to them to make them feel like again that they uh, stand for something is very important. Uh, last week I was in Hannibal, and what was interesting in in that particular rally is that it was a Democratic area. Now it's a Republican area, and some of the Democrats mentioned to me. Uh, and, I, and I had to mention this to them at, as I got up to the uh, podium to speak. When areas shift like that, you know, we have to pay attention to those, that individuals, because it may now change from red to blue or blue to red. And then when areas change, I don't care what community, they're, they feel they're forgotten. And I, I think I said that twice already. And what we have to do is we have to make sure that they're not forgotten. You know, those areas are still, you know, very, very, very populous areas. And I sometimes I think the Republicans just, and I'm thinking about this one, like undercover Republicans, because they're really blue. And think about that. They're really blue. They probably was blue, probably grew up blue. And then something happened that it changed them to become red. Well, I think about, again, why I'm running. You know, I am the most uh, highly educated out of my opponent. I have over five degrees, but when I think about it, and I think about, again, my background, uh, I'm not going to really dwell on all my education, but I do have two masters and a PhD. You and do I'm have very a fair, I think, I, I, think, I think in this podcast, you can dwell as much as you want on your education. <laughs> Why don't you talk a little bit about your, your education, your background, and as my producer uh, and and fellow uh, Heartland Pod uh, co-host would say, um, how is it that nobody was able to talk you out of running um, for office? Have you held public office before? Things like that. Like we'd love to know all of, all about. We want all the details, yes. basically. Yes. The answer to your question is yes. Uh, I was a state legislator in the House, representing House sixty uh, seventh district for seven years. I won a special election in twenty fourteen. 
so I had two elections on the same day. I won a special election and I had to win the primary all in the same time going into the general. And so I made history back then because I won both on the same day. I could have lost one, 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 lost one. And I won both, uh, which was history making because I don't know why the governor decided to put two elections on the same day. Uh, that blows me away, but that's what I had to face. And I ended up winning both of those in 2014, uh, serving out someone else's term and then getting the opportunity to serve my own term. But prior to that too, you know, I ran for uh, Senate in 2020, 2021, and pandemic hit very hard to knock on doors, very hard to raise money. And I ended up losing that race. I lost that race uh, to a, uh, Angela Mosley. She won that race and Tommy Pearson was in that race. And it was very, very strange because out of the St. Louis County, I had the highest populated uh, voter turnout in my region. And I just figured if I just pull my numbers, I'm going to win this race. I looked at both of them. Angela Mosley had no track record, but she was from a political family. I will give all of that and kudos to all of that because she was from a political family, strong political family. Tommy Pearson Jr. Uh, in his area, he won with literally 2,000 votes. I got every anywhere from eight to 10,000 votes every time I ran. I said, well, who could beat me in my area because I have a strong voting area? Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> I think 2020 was a very tough year for most Democrats in the state of Missouri, including, of course, um, the the woman who is uh, stepping away from the seat who you're running to replace Nicole Galloway, um, I think should have been the governor. Uh, but, you know, she ran. She had a hard it was a hard race for her. Um, I would like for you to spend a little bit of time talking about the role of what the auditor does. I think a lot of people don't understand. Not every state has an auditor official that, that people elect. Um, sometimes okay. the roles, sometimes the role of the, the, the that we have in the state of Missouri of of the auditor is under the auspices of the treasurer's uh, office, for example. Um, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cross into that, but I, I want to say too that I was a state agency director under Jay Nixon, so I had that and working with all 16 departments. I've had a chance to work with the county executive's office for 13, St. Louis County Executive's office over 13 years. So I've had all of that background and more. Now let's go to Nicole Galloway. <laughs> yeah, mind. I think, and, and Scott Fitzpatrick, your opponent, who's the Republican, can you talk a little bit about like, just give us um, you know, the highlights of like, where's this guy from? He won a contested primary on mm -hmm. the Republican side. Um, uh, you know, Can you talk a little bit just about you know, you are somebody who, to say the least, um, understands the, uh, we'll just say kind of how the government works in Missouri, the different functions of it, how it should work, how it mm -hmm. should serve uh, the citizens of this state, um, and how important it is that we have transparency in government. Do you think your opponent has the same commitment to transparency in government that you do? No. And the only reason why is I had an opportunity to serve with him as he was budget chair. Uh, I was on appropriation and budget committee. Uh, so I've had that time to spend with him. Uh, you mentioned to his background, he is from the Springfield area. Uh, I looked him up because I wanted to know more about my opponent too. Graduated from high school 2006, graduated from college in 2013. So he has his, uh, his uh, bachelor's degree in business. Uh, he says he's a, a business owner, and, and that could be very true uh, in that area. But I look at his young age. Uh, again, he was 
brought from being budget chair to the opening uh, for treasurer. He was appointed as treasurer and now he's running for auditor. And so all of those things are happening very fast at a young age there. And, and let's be clear that the auditor should ideally have some background in finance, accounting, tax law, something that gives you an understanding of what audits, an actual audit looks like, right? Like you have to be able to read an audit if you're going to be the auditor. And so it sounds to me like this is someone, and I'm not trying to, you know, listen, listen if the guy had, you know, a CPA from, his CPA from, you know, the Wharton Business School or something, I'd be like, well, yikes, that guy looks pretty qualified. But we're talking about somebody who's young, like you said, and someone who's had some exposure to public office. He was the treasurer for a minute. Um, treasurer seems to be a popular stepping stone for Republican uh, statewide office aspirants in our state. Um, but it the auditor is a very difficult job. It is a job where you look for um, misspending, right? Like that's what you're, you're really mm-hmm. looking for. You're mm-hmm. looking, you're not necessarily looking for needles and haystacks, but you're, you're mm-hmm. searching through tons and tons and tons of data. So talk about that a little bit. Let's, let's tee that up. So, well, yes. And you know, what, what brings me to the table is I'm CFO right now of the Missouri Minority Business Development Agency. But when I was state agency director, one of the things that we had to do is work with all 16 departments. We had to look at their budget and appropriations. Also had to look at their hiring too. And for three years as I was agency director, I had to generate a report for the governor and for the state of Missouri. And so we had to look at all of those records and more for three years. So I've done that, been there, and I'm glad to say that those reports and looked at the numbers and how they, they you know, spun out. Going back to what we're seeing right now in the auditor's office and, and why Nicole Galloway has been so successful too, she has a great staff. I'm not sitting here saying I want to change any of that. She's done very well. Uh, I've been endorsed by uh, our uh, auditor, Nicole Galloway, and I'm very proud to say that. But what I, want to, what I would like to do too is that the, there's a whistleblower act that I would like to spend so that when we see these improprieties that we can uh, call in, report those more, and that people don't have to be afraid of all of that anymore. So I want to expand that. But what I also would like to do is be more visible. I talked to Nicole about that too. She has a young family at home and you don't wanna be gone all the time. And as we know, she had to run for auditor after being appointed, then she ran for governor. Well, she still has a young family at home. I don't have all of that. And what I mean by that is my kids are grown. I can go and cross the state like I've been doing right now and I can be very visible. And I want people to know that, you know, I'm being responsive to what they are asking for, which was, don't forget about me. That is the one thing that I'm saying. I'm never going to forget about you. I take this very seriously being the nominee of the Democratic Party. I wake up in the morning and I think about it. I go to sleep at night and I think about it. I am the nominee of the Democratic Party for the state auditor's position. That means that again, when being elected, I will be the watchdog of the people's money, which is very, very important. And one of the things is, is, and I thought about that when I became and was appointed as an agency uh, director, I was the watchdog of what they gave me at that particular time. And I will be doing the same thing. I will be accountable to the community and to the public, which is very, very, very important. At that time, I thought about it over and over again, but now I will actually be the elected official. Whereas again, when we're talking about these tax dollars, which are your dollars, I would have to make sure that they've been making sure, I say that again, 
to being spent in the right and appropriate way. I can't emphasize that enough. One of the key factors too, is that we have a surplus in the state of Missouri right now. We're about to get six to $8 billion in infrastructure money coming in too. So that's gonna give us a huge surplus to work with. And we don't want any sweetheart deals. We don't want, you know, under the cover, you know, deals being cut. Whereas again, cronies get the money. We wanna make sure that that money is being utilized in the best fashion and appropriate fashion. And that is so, so important. And I think, so let's talk a little bit about the fact that you've already had an administrative role where you had mm-hmm. to have a lot of your, you had to have your hands in a lot of pies when it came to looking at appropriations, looking how money was being spent. So you will notice anomalies, right? Yes. As things yes. come across your desk, you will notice things that look off. You will notice that um, if there was, because you're, you're, you know, the way that it works, right, is that money comes through appropriations through mm-hmm. the state legislature. Um, and then it gets, you know, spent by various uh, agencies, uh, uh, contracts that, you know, sometimes we're, we're not a great state when it comes to transparency um, and contracts that get actually awarded to other, you know, sometimes Missouri is notorious for no bid contracts, for example. And I do think that Nicole Galloway has done a pretty good job of being a watchdog for that money and saying, you know, I, recently she wrote a report um, talking about how much uh, sales tax money we were literally letting go out the door for big box stores and things like that. So when you, what would be like your top three things that you would want to do as soon as you were elected state auditor? Well, the first thing again is get to know the staff. As being a uh, former manager or uh, CFO right now uh, is look at the state system and employees and making sure that, again, I know, I'm not trying to go in there and immediately make changes. That is not a good manager. First, you gotta get to know how things are working within the auditor's office. And then you look at possibly making changes, but there may not be any changes to to make. One of the things, again, that's the first thing. The second thing is, again, where and the need for these particular audits are occurring. You know, you have to look at, what has occurred before you and i like the history part of it because you need to know before you move forward you got to know what happened you know prior to all of that and in looking at all of that one of the things that i see constantly is and i'm hearing people come to me requesting audits you know our system right now i mentioned the whistleblower uh act uh earlier you know i want to expand that because right now traditionally you have to have a petition you have to have people sign on that petition, petition, and then you move forward with the audit. I would like people to be aware that if they see something going on and it's misappropriation, that they can make that phone call or they can send that email and they can report that. I know we have a lot of bureaucracy. Yes, I know all of that, but I want people to feel comfortable that they their voice is being heard across the state. But what I also like to see too is when we're talking about in the hiring practices, people being hired from all parts of the state of Missouri. That is so important to me. I handled that when I was agency director and I will handle that too because people in different pots and pockets should look like you too when we're talking about these jobs and creation of jobs too. And so that is so important too. Those are the kind of things that I would like to see. But here's the but part too. Visibility. What the auditor does, we have to educate the people. One of the things I've been thinking about too, because when I was agency director, we had to generate a report every single year. But this report, since I would be the elected auditor, I would like to generate this report 
to the state of Missouri. You know, it wouldn't be going to the governor, it wouldn't be going to the legislators. It, this report would go to legislators and to the people of Missouri. That is something that I would like to see done. And so people, again, get a chance to see what the auditor's office has been doing, uh, what kind of information has been going, and how the audits have been going. And uh, I know a lot of times we do a lot of things online today. A few hard copies here and there, there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm saying that I want to generate uh, some reports. Some, of course, a lot of it would be online, but I would like to see some hard copies being produced too. So the idea is that anybody in with any, because there are broadband kind of deserts in the state of Missouri too. There's a lot of people Whoa. that hopefully yeah. will change. I mean, there's, I, I think that um, Biden's done a pretty good job of focusing on rural broadband infrastructure, but that's going to take time to build. That doesn't happen overnight. So I think it's smart to make sure that um, anybody would be able to, you know, go to a, to really kind of show up in person and say, I would like to view that report and they can do it if they want to. Um, Two weeks so, ago. Two yeah. weeks ago, I was in Pike County. Okay. My GPS stopped. And I was trying to figure out. Right. Your GPS, where I was like, going. I don't know where you are. You are off the grid. Good luck. I hope you brought snacks because we don't know where you are right now. Yes. Yes. I, I've heard people talk about um, canvassing. I can't remember for the life of me, I can't remember whose campaign it was, but um, it was somebody who worked with a podcast early on and she was talking about when you go into some of these counties and you got to knock all the doors. You just have mm -hmm. to. And she's like, you know, people forget that in a lot of parts of Missouri, a door is, you know, three quarters of a mile from the mailbox at the right. end of the drive. And so it's almost like you're like, are they going to be mad that I'm trespassing, especially since I'm a Democrat? But you said we before we we hit the, the record button, we were chatting a little bit to get to know each other for a second, um, which I appreciate because you're coming in cold. Um, and it's as a candidate, you do that a lot. But you said you've been really enjoying the campaign process. Yes. So tell me a little bit about that. Like what's been so far, uh, what's been your, the, your favorite aspect of campaigning in Missouri to date? Hey folks, Adam Summer here. Just wanted to remind you, you can get signed up for our Patreon. You can get links to all of our shows, information about our hosts and what we do over at heartlandpod.com. Sign up for our Patreon. You get extra episodes, extra access, you can also follow us on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and of course on Twitter. We love to interact over there with at the Heartland Pod on Twitter. Just search for us and find the three leaves. Any place you find podcasts or social media will be there. Give us a rating if you can. Five stars. Really appreciate it. And now let's get back to the show. The favorite aspect is like what we're doing now is talking to the people. And when you actually get out here and you shake hands and you're hugging people and you get a chance to see people smile and talk about their issues. There's nothing better than that because people want to know that you care and they want to know too. And they show you that they also care for you. And I mean, I've walked into a meeting and it was both Republicans and Democrats. Never, ever walked into a meeting with Republican Democrats before. And so everybody was lined up. It was different people uh, campaigning, Republicans and Democrats. I had my chance to do my spiel. And when it was over, of course, you're standing there and you're shaking hands and everybody had a chance. And the sheriff of the county came up to me and he said, I'm a Republican. I'm standing there. OK, he said, but I like what you said. I really enjoyed it. And I'm going to vote for you. I was like, wow, <laughs> was not expecting that one. <laughs> he said, I like what you stand for. If you get your message out there, you're going to win this election. 
election and I'm voting for you. And that was a, that was a WOW or what I call wild moment. And I've had those kind of moments out there on the trail. Uh, again, one another example is I was invited to a tea party event in Lebanon, Missouri. And you would think, well, why did he go to a tea party event in Lebanon, Missouri? I went because they invited me and I went because those are also voters. Well, did they rake me over the coals? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And when I got through, they said, we like you. Would you like to come back? That was in August. Would you like to come back in September? Now, as I was walking out of the door, I was thinking, no, I'm not coming back. <laughs> I'm not coming back. That was hard. And as I was leaving, I also asked them, why did you all invite me here? And they said, we wanted to roast you. We want to see how you would handle it. And you handled it well. Yeah. But was it hard? Yeah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but hard. you but that is part of the it's kind of part of what you're signing up for, right? Like, I mean, when I think about how this and this is really one of the th when when people try to do the both sidesisms thing with me in 2020, probably since Trump and up, but even before that and up until now. I'm always like, well, hold on a second. Like, if we're talking about, there are things where there's a way that you can say, well, you know, I'm on one side of the issue and you're on the other and there's nuance to this and we can go back and forth about what those nuances are and I just happen to think I'm right and I happen to think you're wrong and maybe one of those things is like, I don't know, student loan debt forgiveness or something like that. But there are things that are just true and untrue, right? There are things that are correct and incorrect. And one of the things that I find really abhorrent about the way the Missouri Republican Party conducts itself right now is, for example, like the way that Josh Howley went after Nicole Galloway and trying to assert some nonsense about when he was the attorney general, that because he was the attorney general, she didn't have the power to audit his books or whatever because he had some kind of client. Like it was so bananas. So talk about, I mean, that to me is not a both sides thing. That is someone flexing his muscle, um, looking for an opportunity to seize power and seize uh, the headlines for the day. And also to kneecap someone whose responsibility it is to keep an eye on where the money flow happens. So Nicole Galloway is currently the only statewide elected Democrat in Missouri. Mm -hmm. um, as the uh, the auditor, that would be also true for you. So today the, the, um, the Republican supermajority passed a really terror i think it's a terrible budget cut i think it's going to be a disaster uh for the state and you are still going to have to work with the governor you're still going to have to work with some of these people so if you can talk a little bit about that balance because if you you know obviously if you can stand up to a bunch of tea party folks you could probably uh stand up to a few folks in the meetings but talk about the climate that you're walking into a little bit and how you plan on just holding the office together, keeping morale up and things like that, because it's got to be a really tough gig right now, especially after what yes. Holly did. Well, let me lead. I'm going to answer another question. And I'm going to lead into a question, the one you just said. There is a difference between me and my opponent. Let's just put that on the table, too. There is a difference. Not just the R and not just the D, okay? One is when we talk about, again, women health care, he voted no, I voted yes. We were in the House together, and that was just a mean vote. When we're talking about rape and incest, that, that's, that's uncalled for. When we're talking about, again, right to work, uh, again, a couple years, those were the major, major issues in the state of Missouri. I voted no 
He voted yes. He wanted to get rid of unions in the state of Missouri. When we're talking about lifting the minimum wage, which was right in front of us as we speak right now, I voted yes, he voted no. Those were key factors when we're talking about that. When we talk about Medicaid expansion, he voted no, I voted yes. These are key, key, key components of the difference between who we are as, again, right now, opposition and going back and forth you know, with the party language and the values. Now, going back to the auditor's office and the value in the auditor's office, which is so important too, is that it has to be a neutral place. You, you have to understand that the auditor's office makes no policy, zero, no policy. So it is an independent office. It is the watchdog for the people's money, but it's not a policy position. So to do even the Whistleblower Act and other things that we're talking about, yes, we have to cross over to the legislative body, to the Senate and the House, and say we would like to expand the Whistleblower Act. That means that I would have to work with the majority as well as the minority and to get that expanded. I would have to get someone to carry that policy for me because again, I couldn't carry it, but someone would have to carry it and someone would have to do that heavy lifting. And that's understanding politics and how it works, okay? When we're talking about other policy that the auditor's office would like to see, again, we would have to make sure we're working with both parties to make sure that somebody is doing that heavy lifting. And so all of that takes, to me, negotiation and work for the people of Missouri. I emphasize that. All of this that we're talking about is for the people of Missouri because the auditor sets no policy and they are independent and their main job is to watch those tax dollars. And that is what the key about the office of the auditor. In uh, her time, so Nicole Galloway had that, has been the auditor for six years. Is that right? Like a term and a half? Is that about right? Because she won in a special election the first time. Or she was appointed the first time and then she ran right, again right, and won. Right, appointed. Right. Uh -huh. um, what, what do you think to date has been her biggest accomplishment? And then what do you think was the biggest missed opportunity? Ooh, that is a good question. Well, first of all, being visible and making sure that she has done these audits and also in a timely manner. Uh, I admire that of her. Uh, she has crossed from one end of the state to another. Uh, when you say missed opportunities, may have been, again, maybe the uh, Missouri governor's race. That probably, for a lot of people, everywhere I go, they say they love her and they wish she would have won. Uh, and that was an opportunity that was missed. Uh, I, I tease her and I say, you sure you don't want to do this again? And she starts laughing. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I think I she's, know. I think she's done her part, I think is what I would interpret that to be is that she's, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, she's, she is young and she, um, I think she's done her duty. I think she served her state. I mean, we talk a lot on our show about mm -hmm. what 2020 meant for Democrats in Missouri. It was very difficult to campaign. And yes. we live in yes. a state that if you're going to run as a statewide candidate as a Democrat, you have got to pound every single door. And COVID was so disruptive. And we were also in a very hostile environment. We still are in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. And, uh, you know, dealing with a governor, an attorney general, 
and uh you know us and two senators that were kind of trying to follow the party line which was like let's pretend like this thing isn't real so it was a very traumatizing time so i don't want to i don't want to beat her up too badly about that so at the end of uh our interviews adam usually does uh, a series of my of, of your favorite things so i don't have any great your favorite things questions prepared but i am going to ask you where is your favorite place to sit down and have a cup of coffee in the state of missouri Wow. Actually, in the Ozarks, in the hotel room on the balcony early in the morning. And I've had a, that a couple of times and just look out over the water and sip my coffee and relax, knowing that the day is in front of me, but it hasn't began yet. And it's an opportunity to relax and reflect on not only the day before or the week before, but what is about the approach too. And those are my moments of peace. And I really appreciate that. I look at those old pictures and I smile. Uh, okay, so your favorite, and it's okay if it's from, a re it doesn't have to be at a restaurant, your favorite meal in to get in Missouri. It can wow. be any breakfast, lunch, dinner, brunch, snacks, favorite meal that you just like look forward to the most. My favorite meal would probably be dinner. And I love to explore different restaurants from Thai to um, Italian uh, to Mexican. I just love eating out. Uh, I'm a, I love to cook too and experiment sometime at home. That's my piece. That's how I relax. And then I overcook. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> I overcook. But I like to relax while I'm cooking, but I enjoy a great, great meal. And so to go to a very, very nice restaurant, uh, like recently over uh, my in my birthday, I went out to uh, uh, the Fontanatic area and I had a great meal, great conversation, uh, very relaxing. And we had everything from uh, finger foods uh, to uh, it was just five different courses plus coffee. And I was like, this was just magnificent. And uh, I like those kind of opportunities. I like that uh, opportunity to relax and smile and taste great food. And I have taste buds and I've been able to travel all over the world now, a lot of different places and to taste different foods and to taste those and to think about them later in life and say, wow, I'd like to do that again. You know, I'd like to do that again. And so I like to explore, I'm an explorer. I love that. Um, so speak. So we'll end on this question because I think this is fun. Your favorite place for a week, like a three-day weekend in Missouri, like where you just disconnect. I'm not checking email. I'm zoning out, etc. Wow, that is a good question too. Uh, three days, no, no, no emails, just to relax. Um, the winery country and the uh, of a Highway K is wonderful. I've had a chance to, to spend quite a bit of time over there. I do like the Ozarks. Springfield, I had a chance. I've been going back and forth there and and uh, had a chance to spend a night there about two weeks ago for my birthday, uh, which was very nice and relaxing. How many places can I pick? <laughs> well, it's I a, think like, I, I think, you know, if, if I hear, what I hear is that you have a, you're, you're a man who likes to check out new things and you like to uh, be exposed to new things. And so sometimes we're, I'm, I share that spirit as well. I don't, um, 
Uh, I don't really like to go to the same places twice. I like to, because there's just, there's just so much to see and there's so much to do. And uh, the second you keep going back to the same place, it means that there's some other place you haven't seen yet. I have a, I have a little bit of FOMO. I will not, uh, I, I will own my own FOMO. Um, well, I want to thank you so much. Um, I won't keep you much longer. I want to make sure that you tell folks how they can find you. So you yes. have a lovely campaign website that's very well put together. So uh, tell folks where they can find you. Tell people how they can help, um, what kind of help do you need of these? And we're in this last push, so presumably you probably would like some money. Um, yes. All candidates need money. So tell folks about where they can find you, where they can donate. My, web, and my website is Alan, A-L-A-N-K, green, G-R-E-E-N.com. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it slower. My website is Alan, A-L-A-N-K, green, G-R-E-E-N.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter and, and uh, many other places now. Uh, how can you help me? One is voting and having your friends and families get out to vote. Another one, if you are on any of those devices right there too, uh, I'm gonna just use an example of Facebook. If you hit like and send, and send that to a friend, send that to a family member and have them to like and send. As many like and sends that I get, Next thing you know, I'll be up to over a million people liking and sending Alan Green. How marvelous could that be? By which is spreading the word. That's right. Money is also key. Uh, I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, there is a uh, page uh, uh, that I have on my website that you can donate. Uh, money has been the, I say the elephant in the room uh, that keeps people from either winning or losing, but I'm gonna give it everything I got but money is a key factor and you can donate to alankgreen.com. And I appreciate it, each and every dollar that I have received and will receive because again, that's how we win these races. I know my opponent is sending on a ton of money, but he surely cannot outwork me. He cannot. And so I'll leave with that. I'm loving what I'm doing and it's an honor to be here. Well, thank you so much. It was an honor to have you on the show. And um, I really genuinely uh, hope that you are victorious in November. And anytime you'd like to come back on uh, between now and the election, you're welcome to come back on, especially uh, if if your opponent does something that is worthy of you discussing in more detail. We are always here uh, to help you spread that word, sir. And thank you so much for what you're doing. We really appreciate it. No, thank you. Appreciate you. The Heartland Pod is a production of Midmap Media, LLC. Follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. With email, you can reach us, heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com. Online with heartlandpod.com. Subscribe and please sign up for our Patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod. Become a podhead or an official podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show.